0: glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I have a question for the children. Hopefully it's a little bit easier than last week's question. When you come into church on Pentecost and you see all of the green, the trees, the beautiful flowers, what do you think of? Why do you think that we put trees or flowers? Yes? Trees and flowers remind me of spring. Spring? What happens in spring? Flower blue. Yes. Because what happened the, the season before? I think somebody helped you. All of the plants were dead. And so spring has life. When we come on Pentecost. The Orthodox Church puts on green. We green up our temples. In Russia, you could see green everywhere. They would put grass all over the floor of the temple. Uh, we all do that once we have a crew that would want to pick that up afterwards. <laughs> But they put out a lot of green and we take some trees, some beautiful flowers, and we celebrate Pentecost as life. The newness of life, life that has been given to every single one of us by our baptism and by our chrismation. Today in the gospel, Jesus cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Throughout the paschal season, we have come across water time and again. And here we come to Pentecost and we've just heard instead of the Trisagion, we have heard as many as have been baptized into Christ. Water is. Was there at the beginning with creation. Water is our entrance into the church. Water is what we receive. Not water as Fotini or Svetlana thought at the well. That it was physical water. But that it was water that would sustain. That would become eternal. Water as our Lord says that he freely gives to us. And in turn, in giving us this water, plunging us beneath the rivers of baptism, out of our hearts flow rivers of living water. You need water for life. Just try not to water your garden or see what happens to a lawn or to the vegetation if there's a drought. Water is essential to life. And brothers and sisters, we live in a desert. I don't mean in reference to anything physical around us, because we live basically in a tropical rainforest around here. (laughs) We live in a desert where water is scarce, where water, when we're looking for it, seems more like a mirage on the horizon as we get closer to it, it just disappears, dissipates. But we as baptized, chrismated members of the church have flowing out of our hearts rivers of living water. Every single one of us. Now, we may pollute our water. We may dam up our water. But we have the promise and the ability with the power of the Holy Spirit given to us by our Lord Jesus Christ, to have flowing rivers. Living water means moving. It's not stagnant. It's not just a pond. But living in a desert usually means that we feel like there's water bubbling up, and maybe there's an oasis. Maybe there is some place... uh, where it's like pockets. If you go through the desert, you'll find a little oasis where water has come up and there's life all around it. And unfortunately for many of us who've grown up around Christianity, following our Lord as best as possible, the Holy Spirit, when we think about the Holy Spirit, we usually think of the Holy Spirit as a kind of internal, uh, spiritualizing kind of flighty and maybe individualistic, Right? Holy Spirit resides upon this person or that person. And it's like oasis. There are people that you encounter that have living, flowing water coming out of them. And it's like you've encountered an oasis. But when we come to the Feast of Pentecost and we look at the icon, we hear the epistle reading that it was the apostles' and the 70 gathered together, the disciples who were following our Lord, and then those who didn't understand what was going on. We see God providing not just an oasis in the desert, for if you're going to actually spread life in the desert, what do you need to do? If you have a source of life and water. This is not rhetorical. What do you do? plant season. Irrigate. Irrigate. You have to direct the water. You have to form the water. You have to maybe put this well or this oasis, this brook, this creek, or this river, and you have to divert it, right? You have to store it. You have to uh, put order and put it in a certain direction. We Live not in an oasis, but in the church we are called to irrigate the desert around us. Because the Holy Spirit does not just reside on us individually. The Holy Spirit has been given to each and every one of us for the sake of the community. We see this in the icon, and we heard this even last night in the first reading of Vespers, which is a fascinating account. I'll give you a little bit of the back story. This is about Moses and Moses having some trouble. Which is kind of a lot of uh, the first few books of the Old Testament. <laughs> Moses keeps hearing Israel complaining. Because Israel had it so good back in Egypt. They had... Uh, This is Numbers 11, if you want to go back this evening and read it. They had meat. They had all the herbs they wanted. They even had garlic, which is, of course, part of life. You needed all these things, and you had it. You were a slave, but you could eat well. Well, as they're going into the wilderness, into the desert, and they're wandering around, They start complaining as everyone is want to. And Moses is about up to here with it. So he goes to God and he says, God, they won't stop complaining. All I hear all the time is we want meat. It was so much better. Why can't we go back? Whine, whine, complain, complain. Moses even gets a little melodramatic. He says, if this is what you want to do with me, kill me now because I can't handle this anymore. And Lord says, and this is where the Vespers picks up the reading. As the Lord says to Moses, gather to me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tabernacle of meeting. That is the tabernacle where they had worship, that they may stand there with you. Then I will come down and talk with you there. Mount Sinai is now in the tabernacle. I will take of the Spirit that is upon you and will put the same upon them, and they shall bear the burden of the people with you, that you may not bear it yourself alone. Moses was an oasis, or felt like he was an oasis, on his own. There was water. There is life, but as you know, an oasis, it can only go so far. And he's asking, Lord, either let's kill the oasis or help me out. And so what God says is, let's irrigate. Let's delegate. Let's share the burden of the people with the 70. Of course, if you're familiar with the Gospels, 70 should ring in your ears Because you have the 12 apostles, and then you have the 70 disciples, or the 70 that are gathered together and sent out. The Holy Spirit, the life that is given to us, the rivers of flowing water, are given to every single one of us for the sake of the community. The Spirit is not just given to Moses, the Spirit is given to the 70. This is a spirit of leadership and of service, of a communal effort of bearing the burden of the people. Because the spirit is not just given uh, for the sake of kind of personal enlightenment, personal ecstasis, you know, ecstatic states. Or the Spirit to uh, just give tongues, even at Pentecost. Why is the Spirit given so they can speak tongues? It's not for personal edification. It's so that those, the Medes, the Persians, everyone could hear and understand in their own language. The Spirit is given for the sake of the community. And let's be honest. Here at St. Anne's, we have a cornucopia of gifts. Every one of us has been given gifts, has been given the Holy Spirit to bear the burden of the people. For we all exist together with the Holy Spirit upon us for the sake of each other. The gifts we have here at St. Anne's, I'm just going to number a few that we have that the Lord has given to us for the sake of everyone else. Generosity. We're an incredibly generous parish. We even have a preponderance of mathematical minds to think through all sorts of troubles and treasury issues, etc. Things that don't ask me to help with. I'm sure many others can say it. We have so many... Folks who will pitch in and, or you say, do it yourself of, and we'll have an opportunity here at announcements, to help with do it yourself as in rigging up something to be able to take care of our altar cloths. We have many detail-oriented people who can take care of the details that we need to take care of to be responsible We have those who have an eye for beauty in adorning the temple. We have those who have gifts of consolation, of encouragement. We have teachers. We have many, many helpers, those who are willing to sacrifice some sweat and elbow grease. We have folks who can organize things for events. We have wonderful voices That come together, interweave and give glory to God and let waters flow, maybe even from our eyes at times. We have been given the Holy Spirit. Every one of us with a gift, every one of us for the sake of the burden of the people. And this gift of the Spirit is given to the church, for the community of the church. And it is given for the sake of the world, not just here within the walls of St. Anne's, but the Holy Spirit calls us forth to expand beyond this walls. That's why you have the figure Cosmos, uh, the rest of the world down at the bottom of the icon of Pentecost, as he brings the fruit of the nations there that flows from Pentecost. If you go through the rest of Numbers, this chapter, the reading from Vespers, there's an interesting occurrence that you have Eldad and Medad. I'm wondering if anybody will take those names, name their children Eldad and Medad. But these were men who were part of the 70 who didn't happen to make it to the tabernacle. And the text tells us the spirit rested upon them. And they were those... That were listed as the 70, but they hadn't gone to the tabernacle, and yet they were prophesying in the camp. And when somebody saw them prophesying in the camp, uh, this man runs and he tells Moses, Eldad, Medad, they're prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, we know Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He says, Moses, forbid them, they shouldn't be doing this. And what does Moses say to Joshua. Are you zealous for my sake? Are you worried about me? Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets and the Lord would put his spirit upon them. God has given us gifts for service to the church, for the tabernacle, but he has also given gifts to those Eldads and Medads, those who are in the camp, those who are in the broader world, to prophesy, to speak the truth of the gospel, to witness, to bring the water that has been irrigated around the temple, to take that water further afield, to bring life with them. This is what it means for St. Anne's to be here. In Oak Ridge, in West Knoxville, in Sevierville, in Norris, And further afield, little oases that are connected, irrigated, receiving water from this temple, but that in every place here in the greater, say greater Knoxville area, the living waters flow. The Lord's people, the prophets, the ones that Moses wanted to see are here and in our midst. This is the Holy Spirit that rests within each one of our hearts, that then brings us not only to worship in the holiness of orthodoxy, but to feed, to bring a cup of cold water of the Spirit to those who are not a part of our community, so that, God willing, they would receive their own gift of the Holy Spirit through baptism, through chrismation. And being fed at the altar of our Lord, standing alongside of us, giving glory as our voices mix together in praise to the Holy Trinity, who has brought us here today, who feeds us, who gives us the living water, who brings us together for the sake of the Holy Spirit, who dwells in each one of us, for the sake of the kingdom of God and the glory of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.